Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast, our second of the week. I'm Jake Okorowski. We got Owen Reese here and a special guest, and we're really excited to have him on, a former Wisconsin Badger, obviously now making his way in professional football, playing for the Salt Lake Stallions of the uh, Alliance of American Football, and we are excited to have Austin Trailer on. Awesome, man. How's everything been? And, man, I saw that game last week. Snow was on the field. Did it make you, and so was on, you know, falling. Did any of it feel like any of the games you played during your time at Wisconsin? <laughs> um, actually, before the game, after warm-ups and stuff, we were talking about locker room. That game kind of, the one it reminded me of was Nebraska in the snow. Uh, can't remember the year. Melvin Gordon record-setting game. No, that was kind of the game that reminded me of with the snow and everything falling. Oh, uh, 2014, I was, I covered that game, and, Oh, yeah, I was going to say, to me, it kind of looked like that. And real quick, what were some of your memories from that game, uh, being a player on the field and watching Melvin go for 408? Um, Exciting. You know, Melvin, my roommate at the time, so I was more excited for my brother watching him perform. I mean, he's actually, a lot of people forget how rough he started that game off with the two fumbles, but he bounced back, showed why he is who he is, and had a great night. For sure, Austin. Uh Kind of, can you kind of go through and um, obviously after leaving Wisconsin, can you kind of describe how uh, your journey sort of led you here um, to the Stallions? I know you've been in a few different places in the NFL, and obviously now trying to work your way back there with with Salt Lake City. But can you kind of just kind of talk about that journey? Um, well, originally I undrafted free agent. I actually went to Dallas under misconception and uh, just did their Ricky mini camp, but um, actually didn't have a contract. So I wasn't really with them initially when I said so, like when it came out, but then later that week, they ended up offering me a contract. So I um, stayed with them, was with them throughout the preseason, throughout camp, got cut the last camp, but they brought me back on practice squad. I think I spent maybe two weeks out there, got released, then pretty much bounced around, had five different homes that season, went to San Diego next. So, was out there for two or three weeks, ended up been home for a couple of weeks, went to New England for like two or three weeks. Uh, they released me, and then I was in uh, Baltimore for only a week. actually went home. I remember I went home, made it home for Christmas, and then the Broncos uh, picked me up, and I finished out the last three weeks of the season with them. Signed a futures deal, went through that whole offseason process, ended up making it through camp, getting cut on their practice squad, spent most of the season on practice squad with them and actually got activated, uh, which was actually a very exciting time for me. Played seven games for them, started on Thursday night football, finished the season, went through, ended up getting released uh, the end of camp last year. Didn't get picked up by anybody throughout the season. And then that's when I got the uh, opportunity to come out here. I was excited. Another chance to play football and just trying to take advantage of it. I was going to say with that too, I mean, you're, uh, I've seen, I've, I've watched every week, by the way, just the, uh, the, the action, uh, you know, watching Salt Lake and we've seen the no kickoffs, the, the sky judge, the, the, the onside rule where it's fourth and 12 from your own 28 and, and even the defensive restrictions against the, you know, the pass rush and whatnot. How different is it to play, play this game uh, compared to, to what you experienced previously in the, in the NFL? Um, 
It's not too much different. It's still football. I mean, like you said, with the pass rush and stuff, it limits things. So, you know what I'm saying, a lot of things, reads and protection-wise, uh, it just doesn't have to happen offensively. But, I mean, it's still the same game. No kickoffs is kind of something that something is probably the one thing that I like mentally you had to get used to just to go right out there kind of the classical conditioning type thing normally there's kickoff then you know okay it's game time you know what I'm saying offense is on the field or defense is on the field but without the kickoff is just right to it so you get used to that the rest of it is pretty simple uh how how have the uh the fans taking you guys in out there obviously this is a new venture and uh kind of an experiment for lack of a better term so how have the how have the fans out there in Utah treated you guys? Oh, the fans out here are lovely, actually. They, uh, you can tell they enjoy football out here a lot, and they show it and express it. I mean, I've been around, uh, been in Ubers and things, just answering. People were excited to hear from us. The way they support us at the game, they cheer. They show up. They showed up in the code. So I'm actually excited that the fans are actually as interested all day, as they are. I was going to say, I, I, I've seen that you hear it. You hear the, the fans' excitement, not just in Salt Lake, but other – venues other cities that are that have the you know the teams in this league and i'm you hear it and it, it I, I think it's great obviously uh for the players and for, for the fans especially these cities that maybe don't have uh, so, you know you know nfl franchises there uh can i ask about the uniforms i mean you it's a night i think it's one of the slickest uniforms out there i, I know it's by starter uh for me which by the way austin i'm older i'm 35 and so i remember wearing those starter jackets as a kid uh and, and loving that uh, but you know how is it how do you guys embrace kind of the the culture in, in salt lake and then also just with the jerseys and, and the you know and the look i mean it looks pretty sharp i mean Embracing Salt Lake is just, um, you know, you go somewhere to play football, you enjoy the fans when they're supporting you. It's kind of a team thing, and you build around the team, so that's not a problem. And the jerseys, as far as the jersey thing, no, I'm excited about it. Um, actually, before we came out, when I was seeing the starters gear and stuff, I was talking to my brother about us, our old pull-ups and things we had when we were kids. We were young back <laughs> in the 90s, and it's um, the starter gear is actually good. I like the jerseys. They have, they're a good look to them, man. The gear with the starter pullovers and stuff. I have uh, um, old uh, starter bombers of like NBA teams already, so it's just stuff to add to my collection. Honestly, which ones? Which which uh, which pullovers did you have as a kid? Um, I had the Bengals one because I was actually a Bengals fan growing up, and I used to have a Raiders one, which was just I think because it was black. My mom might have got it or something. Nice, nice. You know, I never had a chance to get one. I always wanted, like, I was, I, I, I was a big Charlotte Hornets fan, so I, or you know, and whatnot. I love those that look there, um, and whatnot. But no, that's, I mean, I love the, the look of the, the Stallions gear, uh, and whatnot, and other teams in the AAF too. Just having that, the look and the, I think everything looks really sharp on that end. Uh, but you know, kind of going back to football, with, with you know, through the the games that you've played, real quick, and and you know. We've seen you be a lead blocker on a touchdown uh, and utilizing your presence like you did here at Wisconsin uh, in 38 games played with 18 starts at tight end. Uh, how have you seen your role defined or developed, you know, currently within, you know, uh, the offense and, and through head coach Derek, uh, Dennis Erickson? Um, I think it's growing. You know, we just we kind of go go through it, game plan. It's week by week, depending on what we see with the team. But um I know. I mean, I think I think there's a place in the office for me where they use me. I've uh, been inactive, was inactive the first game, but kind of been in the rotation throughout. So I just think it's growing and it's a continuous process through the season. We're trying to get on track. So 
think they're just working through to see what works best. For sure. Um, I guess, obviously, now that you've been out, I believe you've been graduated for this will be your fourth year here. Um, how often are you able to, to take some time to watch Badger games? Obviously, you've kind of bounced around quite a bit, but um, how often are you able to, to make some time to, to watch UW play? And, and how has that been as a former player? Um, I, we always make time to watch them play. Um, <laughs> you know, being in the NFL, playing on Sundays, you know, you most Saturdays are a pretty chill day. So you have the open time to watch them play as long as it's uh, not a too early game. So I've been I've been able to catch a couple games. I actually went back to a game in person a couple years back when they played O State. Um, but I, I watched them a lot, watch them all the time. So I'm definitely tuned in, watching them, cheering and rooting them on. I was going to say, have you had a chance to – I know Josh Oglesby, the former Wisconsin offensive lineman's, you know, the tight ends coach for San Antonio. You have – I know Darius Hillary, I think, was on IR for Arizona. Have you had a chance to connect with any with those guys or in terms of, you know, being former Badgers that are in the AAF? Oh, definitely. Um, and Nate Tice as well, who's working in the office, I think, for the Atlanta team maybe. Yeah, but, yeah that's um, right. So when we were talking and the time we spent in camp in San Antonio, I talked to Nate, talked to uh, Oglesby, me and Darius, you know what I'm saying, we have a personal relationship. We came in together to Wisconsin, so we, we talked before this, after this text all the time. So I, I spoke to him before and after the game when we played him uh, both times. So definitely I've been able to communicate and stay in touch with them for sure. As a, through your time as a Badger, any any particular moment or game or catch that you know still stands out to you after all these years? Um, probably my biggest moment that stands out for me was my first catch. I mean, which was down in Houston. My mom was at the game um, playing against uh, LSU. That was probably my biggest moment. I stand to just remember my first catch as a collegiate athlete. Awesome, man. We really appreciate your time, man. Best of luck uh, throughout this season and looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Okay, thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jay Kokorowski, Owen Reese, wrapping up the second of two shows. And I think next week we're going to be even busier, potentially, depending upon what happens uh, with the yeah, Pro Day coming up next week. Of course, we're going to have, well, uh, we're slated to have Jesse Temple on to talk more spring football position previews. And then also, I'm trying to see if we can fit in, obviously, a Big Ten tournament podcast as well. So stay tuned for that. We may have a very busy week here at Bucky's fifth quarter. We, we're, we're always busy here. Let me just say that. Uh, regardless of what if it's pro day, combine, spring previews, all that other stuff, a lot more is coming your way. March Madness, the NCAA tournament, and it all starts next week with some uh, some basketball in Chicago. But before we get to that, Owen, you know, we had a great chance to talk to the Austin trailer just a couple of minutes ago. Now time for our mailbag because we asked some questions and we ran out of time with Zach yesterday. But uh, first off, the first question, it seemed like depth on defense last year was a big difference than in seasons past. Seems like defensive coordinator Jim Leonard has, uh, has improvement on that in 2019, right? Also, does Reggie Pearson have a place in the starting rotation? He showed out when healthy last year at Michigan. I'll let you answer that one first. Um, I mean, it's multiple ones. Let's, let's 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 break down first off the the depth on the defense and and what it could be in 2019. First and foremost, uh, for sure, I think the the Badger roster heading into 2018 uh, had a couple spots where things really couldn't go wrong if things were going to 
uh, go right, uh, to be a bit simplistic. And, and you saw that not come to fruition. I think you saw the defensive line with the injuries to Isaiah Loudermilk and Garrett Rand uh, very quickly hamstrung the Badgers, who I'm sure were counting on those two not getting hurt uh, going into last season. Obviously, a former walk-on and, and Matt Henningsen stepped up and played quite a bit. And then um, a former offensive lineman who is now, again, an offensive lineman in Caden Lyles was brought over in a bit of an emergency situation there. And defensively, I, we talked about this a bit last night with Zach. I don't know if depth is the right word, but um, the attrition that the secondary saw, in particular the safety position, was was pretty remarkable at times. And I think the Badgers had four to five safety star games last year. And I think that moving forward, because the defensive line loses Alive Sagapolu and the entire secondary lost Dakota Dixon. So I think moving forward by default, I definitely think that the depth will be improved um, almost by default uh, because so many young guys got so many opportunities, which is good. Um, uh, I take that back. Uh, Evan Bondock also graduated out of the secondary, so I don't want to short him. But um, it's just such a, I guess, with everyone returning, um, I, yes, it's, I think that's the correct way to look at it is that the, the depth will be um, significantly more experienced uh, and theoretically better, I guess, with another year in the program and strength and conditioning and coaching and all that jazz. Uh, to the second part, um, does Reggie Pearson have a place in the starting rotation? Um, we talked about this again a bit last night with Zach. I don't know if I would call him a starter, but I think the rotation is is for sure. I think his limited action we saw uh, with him against Michigan was very impressive, uh, considering those were his first college snaps. And I think that if he doesn't start, uh, I, I definitely think he'll see the field quite a bit. Um, so I, I think I would agree with both of those. I think that the depth will be uh, better at multiple positions uh, along the the defensive side of the ball. And then uh, I guess I, I don't foresee uh, Reggie Pearson starting initially. Uh, I think probably Scott Nelson and Eric Burrell would be the guys I would project there. But I think Reggie Pearson is the first player uh, in there as any type of rotation, which from what we've seen from Wisconsin, they're, they're definitely not afraid of using rotations. So I think those are probably two pretty good calls. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you hit those on the head there. Uh, we'll go to the next question. Um, yeah, real maybe real quick on that with the, with the defense. Yeah, I think I think there will be. Uh, I do have questions at I think the depth at outside linebacker is going to be a big question mark. Where you have a Zach Bond, you have Tyler Johnson, you have Christian Bell, you have Noah Burks who all played last year. But I want to see if that not just playing, but they're going to be contributing more in that fashion. I, I think. I mean, it's going to be huge to replace the production of Andrew Van Ginkle. Even a not healthy Andrew Van Ginkle was still a presence on that defense last year. So uh, I think that's going to be the big – to me, that's a big one. I think defensive line, they're going to be okay. But I'm still – my the jury's out in my hand, my book for, for, you know, when it comes to that position group. Our last question from the mailbag – Crystal balls are in for Wisconsin for quarterbacks Parker McCrory and D- Tyler Van Dyke. Thoughts on how that shakes out? Honestly, uh, I'll kick it off quick. I think Wisconsin's in a good position. If you see those crystal balls from twenty four seven Sports, that's what the the question alludes to. 
and both quarterbacks, yeah, you're looking at high three-star to four-star quarterbacks. Uh, Parker McCorry, according to 24-7 Sports, is a composite four-star. And then Tyler Van Dyke is the is a high three-star. He is a four-star by rivals. And so I think right now, you know, they're among the top 20 uh, in, in both categories for the pro, or both recruiting services. Um, you know, their, their rankings for pro style quarterbacks. So I think, you know, and Parker McCoy just visited this past weekend and you can see the articles from John McNamara from Badger Blitz, which is part of the rivals network. And then also Evan flood with Badger 24 seven. So they both caught up with Parker McCoy, who was that here in Madison this past weekend. Uh, I think, you know, it'd be interesting to see how Wisconsin really looks at quarterbacks uh, and, and how the quarterbacks, and maybe the most important thing, how the quarterbacks coming in for 2020, 2021 view their chances with how highly touted Graham Mertz is. And we've talked about it before. It'll be interesting just because obviously as a backup, you are one play away from getting in and being the starter. And we, we don't know what the future holds for Graham Mertz right now. So we're not trying to put our, uh, you know, eggs in a, a basket or early on, but if he merges a start, does that, and if he is a long-term starter, per, you know, maybe that changes some recruiting, but if Wisconsin can get a, a role going on, uh, kind of get on a roll when it comes to getting higher rated quarterbacks, they, they, this could turn into, and if they're successful, then it turns more into a quarterback factory where you'll see higher rated quarterbacks coming in each year. So we'll see. I mean, McCory is a four-star by 24-7 Sports Composite. He's a high three-star by Rivals. So, uh, And then you have Van Dyke, who's a high three-star by 24-7 Composite, a four-star quarterback by Rivals. So I don't think you can go wrong with either quarterback. You watch their film. I know uh, there's a little bit different size. We'll get into that in a second between the two. Uh, But I think Wisconsin's in good shape overall based off – you read those articles, which we – Based off a of paywall, we won't get into, but you like both of their chances, especially with those crystal ball rate, uh, ratings. What do you think, Owen? Uh, for sure. I think obviously <clears throat> you like both of their chances. Wisconsin's only offered three quarterbacks in the 2020 class so far. Uh, the two of them and Max Johnson, who committed to LSU. Um, they're pretty similar from the standpoint of, I guess they're, they're both considered pro style quarterbacks. So they're, they're not, uh, I guess, their athleticism isn't their primary trait that they use to win. Uh, if you want to use it that way, McCory is a big dude. He's like six, seven, uh, two ten. He's from New Hampshire. Uh, and it's a bit, uh, unique, I guess, watching his film. He's like, he, I mean, obviously he's a tall dude anyways, but he looks like seven to eight inches taller than everyone else on the field. So it's just almost kind of weird. It's like watching, uh, like a high schooler play against a bunch of fifth graders, uh, at least just from like a size profile. And then, uh, Van Dyke's another dude. He's from Connecticut. Uh, another big six four strong arm guy. Uh, like I said, the the Badgers pretty uh, succinctly have a type uh, a type of quarterback they're looking to recruit, and and both of these guys fit that. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, obviously, geographically they're pretty similar. They're both in the Northeast. A lot of similar schools or like schools are, are recruiting them. I know Michigan has offered them both. Georgia Tech has inquired at least about Van Dyke. I know Syracuse, Boston College, and Wisconsin. Obviously, uh, I also know uh, Macquarie is going to visit UCLA. Uh, I know UCLA has kind of had some interest in Van Dyke as well. So obviously a lot of, uh, a lot of suitors when you're a good quarterback, we're going to see, as we saw with Graham Mertz, if you're a, a sought after quarterback, you're obviously going to have 
a lot of, of a lot of potential interest. So uh, I think both of them are definitely uh, in the picture for Wisconsin. I think I would be surprised if one of them did not end up at Wisconsin. Uh, but obviously, a long way to go, and, and a lot of schools to go. I know um, the more the more schools can get involved, the more that can be be clouded as well. So obviously, it's encouraging that the Badgers have had both on campus. Uh, like you mentioned, McCory just was last weekend. But um, moving forward, obviously, quarterbacks in a bit of an odd position because only only one can play. Uh, it's one of the few positions where truly that's kind of the state the situation. And uh, the other thing, as you mentioned, kind of regarding Mertz, I, I think is kind of an intriguing dynamic. That so I think it's it's like I said, it's an intriguing. Uh, thing where you want to have as many good quarterbacks as you can on the roster at all times, right? It's like, you don't want a huge drop off, but at the same point, the good quarterbacks don't want to sit on the bench. Uh, So I think that's a situation where it'll be interesting to kind of gauge or to keep track of follow along as this goes. But um, the, if, if Mertz does indeed start uh, as a true freshman, um, I think that kind of could help uh, from the same point, because then if so, say hypothetically Parker McCory commits and Graham Mertz starts as a true freshman and then obviously would go on to start as a sophomore as well. If McCory were to redshirt, he would only uh, miss, I guess, one year of like true eligibility. Um, theoretically, if Mertz were to leave after three years. Right. So then you're a redshirt sophomore and then you're starting. So I guess like that's a thought. Um, but it's, it's just always a unique situation or a unique, uh, yeah, I think it's, a, it's an odd, it's an odd thing because you want as many good quarterbacks as you can on the team. Um, but only like one can really play right. and you always want suitable replacements or talented replacements. But at the same point, those talented guys typically don't want to sit behind, other talented guys. So it'll really be a, a, a fascinating case study kind of as we move along here, because with Wisconsin having Mertz, this is a bit of uncharted territory. So it'll really be uh, a first, um, a first look for all of us to kind of see how this ends up turning out. But it's, like I said, it's kind of an odd thing where Wisconsin doesn't have a ton of history with this. Like if you want to look at, uh, like Alabama, they had a true freshman start in the national championship game, and the next year he was replaced um, by another true freshman. So it's you need to have multiple talented quarterbacks on the roster, but it's you're right. It's a delicate balance. It's a delicate situation with quarterbacks um, and kind of being able to manage that room and manage. Um, and I, I don't mean this in any derogatory fashion at all, but to kind of to manage the egos of the room. Uh, typically quarterbacks are successful because they believe in themselves and they believe they're the best option. So to reach that level of success, you almost have to have, I don't want to say an irrational, but a very strong conviction in yourself. Um, so obviously if you have four to five guys in that room that all believe that they're the ones that give their team the best chance to win, or they believe that they should be playing, it can be a bit of an, uh, not contentious, but it, it can be, a uh an interesting group dynamic and i think that's something that moving forward the badgers haven't had 
a ton of um, obviously they've, they've had fairly set starters for the most part. Obviously, Stavi um, started for three years on Hornerbrook for three years, and there's been little blips there. But this will be kind of the first experience or that uh, that first glimpse of what this is going to look like in a uh, potential young quarterback competition. Um, so I guess that ended up being a really long winded answer, but I think this is something that like is a bit uh, untested for UW. And I think that moving forward can either, I don't know if it would deter recruits, but I think that moving forward, it can give you a really good idea of how these future situations could also turn out based off of the articles that are on badgerblitz.com on badger 24 seven, that there is a good opportunity there, there to grab one of those two quarterbacks and and Wisconsin's in good standing uh, based off of that. So uh, on that note, uh, thanks again, big thanks to Austin trailer for meeting us uh, for not meeting us, I should say, but rather uh, big thanks to Austin trailer for, talking with us today make sure you watch him the salt lake stallions taking on san diego fleet saturday 7 p.m central standard time that's on the nfl network i know i'll be watching uh i I love watching this football and watching guys uh you know work and and continue to hone their craft and i think it's filling i think a void for for football fans too and just seeing those guys go out there and play and then also uh be sure to follow us Owen, oh, where should they follow us? You can follow us uh, on Twitter at B5Q. Uh, you can follow me at Reese Draft, R-I-E-S-E Draft on Twitter. Uh, they can follow you at Jake Coco B. Um, 5Q. Excuse me, Jake Coco B5Q on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, and any other um, podcast platform. We're, we're really enjoying doing this and um, grateful, again, to, to have an opportunity under the SB Nation brand's website. So, um, or team brands, excuse me, site. So, um, yeah, man, if you, uh, y'all five-star reviews only, you know, the rules, we got to feed these kids. Um, so any, uh, any feedback, feel free to leave it, uh, as a review, uh, but five stars only. Those are the rules. I don't make the rules. Um, but those are the rules. Exactly. And for, uh, on behalf of Owen Reese, I'm Jake Okorowski. We'll catch you guys next week. A lot to dig into big 10 tournament pro day, more position previews. You'll hear all of that and likely more here on Bucky's fifth podcast.